Welcome to Positively Leading, the podcast that's all about helping you grow your resilience, leadership and influence. I'm your host, Dr. Sarah Howling, and each week we will be diving into a variety of topics related to leadership, communication and personal growth. From feedback and accountability to diversity and inclusion, we'll explore the skills and strategies that you need to become a more effective leader. So whether you are looking to improve your communication skills, build strong relationships with your team, or simply become more confident in your role, join me on this journey of growth and discovery, and let's get positively leading. Do you ever find yourself holding back, wondering how to find the courage to take action on a project or to have an uncomfortable conversation or maybe apply for a promotion? If so, you're not alone. And this episode is for you. Because today I'm going to be sharing a perspective on courage that will knock your socks off, or at least it did mine. The seven muscles to strengthen for courageous leadership and four strategies to actually take the actions that scare us. And you can use the strategies that we'll cover today in your leadership and also in life. So I hope it's going to be a game changer for you. Let's dive in. Now, when I was researching for this episode, I popped into Google the question, how to build courageous leadership? And Google happily returned for me in about 0.45 of a second, 30 million results. And this tells me that it's a burning question for many of us. And what I was intrigued by was that when I was looking through a lot of these results, it was either talking about courage or it was talking about fear. Fear was the emotion that was mentioned And that was all, really. And it got me thinking about how we, probably rightly, it makes sense, we couple fear and courage together all the time. And even if I look at the definition of courage in the dictionary, which is also often a starting point for me because I'm a bit of a word nerd, I love lexicography and etymology. And the Oxford English Dictionary defines courage with using fear as well. So the ability to do something that frightens or strengthen the face of pain or grief. And again, here we're linking with fear. So I carried on looking and so many quotes were referencing fear as well. Everything pointing to the primary emotion to manage as far as courage is concerned is fear. And this makes sense, right? We hear the phrase, feel the fear and do it anyway. Or we say things like, I wish I was braver. You know, if I could just get over this fear, I wish I could have the conversation with Bob in accounts or tell Auntie Nora that her comments about my weight really hurt and I wanted to stop. But one of the biggest fears that we have is around social rejection. We want to be liked and we want to belong. So we avoid saying or doing things that matter to us. And Roy Baumeister, one of the foremost researchers in the self and social rejection and belongingness, says that that fear of social rejection or actual social rejection itself is perceived by the brain as similar to physical injury. So this fear that we have is not insignificant. But quite often the advice that we're given is to ignore fear. We either are told to, you know, to stuff it down and just do the thing or to feel the fear and then push on through. But what happens when we do this is that our brains might agree and we might go, yeah, that makes sense. I'm going to take action. Let me just do it. But our bodies can actually feel that fear differently and our bodies may go into fight, flight or freeze response and we'll start to release a stress chemical like cortisol. And when this happens, this means that over a period of time, we're not going to be at our best. So when we do this, we're acting from fear. We're acting from fear. So rather than actually feeling the fear and doing it anyway, I want us to think about feeling the fear, 
understanding the fear, clearing the fear, and then doing the thing. Because if we can find out what the actual fear is, we can clear it. And then the actions that we take can come from a place of genuine, grounded confidence. And you can imagine the difference that that would make to the actions that you might take and the results that you might get and how you feel going through that process as well. And if we build on this and we come back to etymology, the root of the word courage is core, the Latin word for heart. And the heart is the seat of our emotions. And although fear is a big emotion, there are so many more that are just sitting in our heart waiting to be experienced and explored. And I was listening the other day or the other week, actually, to one of my favorite podcasts, Think Fast, Talk Smart. And it's with Mark Abrahams from the Stanford Business School. And he was interviewing one of my favorite researchers, Kelly McGonigal. And they were talking about anxiety and fear in communication. And Kelly shared how she reframes fear and anxiety as a sign that she cares. It alerts us to the things that matter and it can help. So her mantra, my heart is in it. And I just love this, that fear, you know, the fear can mean what we make it to mean, the story that we tell ourselves. And if we tell ourselves, or if we think from the beginning, you know, I've got this feeling of anxiety and fear, but actually it means my heart is in it. We can make the thing we want to do bigger than the fear. And there are some strategies in a bit in the podcast working through this are coming up. So keep listening. Now, the idea that the fear is a positive thing, that it alerts us to something that we care about, something that's important, and we can say my heart is in it, rather than just stuffing down fear and other emotions, rather than just pushing through and white knuckling through our actions, what if we just put our hand on our heart? And what if we just took some deep breaths to calm our nervous system? And what if we were just to say, my heart is in it? Now, when I do this, my whole energy just shifts so if we think about fear as a source for all that is good rather than something to conquer, doesn't that feel better? This was absolutely a game changer for me and it's changing my relationship with fear and courage. And actually some more really powerful words that I hold dear through all of my taking big steps in life are from Peter Bregman in his book, Emotional Courage. And he says, if you are willing to feel everything, you can do anything. I'll say that again. If you are willing to feel everything, you can do anything. And you know what? I am, actually. I am wholeheartedly up for that. Are you? <laughs> so that's the game changer. Moving in now to think about the seven muscles to strengthen for courageous leadership. We're getting more practical, much more practical. Now, when I was researching for my doctorate many years ago, I read thousands of articles and books to inform my own research. And then my research consisted then of in-depth interviews with leaders with a focus on building leadership skills and our own unique leadership identity. So I'm drawing on this together with personal experience as I've created this list of seven muscles that we need to strengthen for courageous leadership. The first is the courage to be yourself. So leadership starts with you, inner leadership, knowing your values, your strengths and who you are, what you stand for, and then leading from that place of grounded confidence. And this is the foundation. This means that you can lead without a mask, without the shoulds, without imposter syndrome, just a deep inner sense of knowing. Now, episode four 
of Positively Leading explores authentic leadership. And if you haven't listened to this, may I point you in that direction as a really good place to start to think about this. So the courage to be yourself. The second muscle is the courage to trust. And this one's a tough one because this means being really vulnerable. There's that sense of emotional exposure, the courage of relationships. It's the courage to trust yourself and others and assume some degree of risk here that you may be betrayed. It's the courage to open yourself up to feeling emotions of every shape, colour and size. But remember, if you're willing to feel everything, you can do anything. So that courage to trust is super important in leadership. The third muscle is the courage to question. Now, this might be to question yourself, your biases, your beliefs, but equally the courage to question others and the status quo. And courageous conversations are a cornerstone of this. The fourth muscle is the courage to take action. And taking action and leading change, it's the heart of a leader's role, right? And this courage should be based on confidence driven by clear data, facts and solid experience. Courage without clear data, facts and solid experience risks being foolhardy. So we're putting ourselves, our organisations, the community, the people we lead in danger because of potentially reckless or rash decisions and actions. So that courage to take action is a muscle to strengthen But equally, it's taking informed, calculated action. The fifth muscle is the courage to fail. And this is about putting learning at the centre of everything. I spoke about this in the last episode on confidence. So getting our lab coats on, looking for the learning in every experience. Noticing what works, doing more of it, what doesn't, and then doing less or tweaking. There's that saying that there's, there's no failing, only learning. But this takes courage. So when you're a leader modeling this in your team and creating that psychological safety to try, to fail, to learn, this is key. Now, the sixth muscle is the courage to learn and grow. Now, all great leaders are learners. They know they're not the finished product, that there's always room for learning and growth. And this also is about prioritizing learning, the courage to put boundaries around your time and the energy to do this and create a learning plan for yourself so you're continually learning. But equally, it's also about being open to others' perspectives and alternative views and being willing to have your mind changed in the face of facts. And despite the vulnerability, actually, of having you know views questioned, it's all part of learning and growth. And then from a team or an organisational perspective, you know, we have to push boundaries to grow. And pushing boundaries takes courage because the very act of stepping into the unknown means that we face dangers and difficulties and potentially pain. Now, we can't know for certain what that outcome will be. Now, growth as individuals and as organisations absolutely demands courage. And then the final one, number seven, related to number six, (laughs) It's the courage to grow others. Now, Jack Welsh, former chairman and CEO of General Electric, said, before you are a leader, success is about growing yourself. But when you become a leader, success is about growing others. I love this, right? It's a really um, brilliant quote to keep in mind that the leader's job is to grow others. And this takes courage the courage to recognise this, to step up to the plate, to step out of the limelight and lead from the side or lead from behind to enable others to shine. 
And it's also the courage to have uncomfortable conversations and feedback dialogues. And if we do this from a place of love, of wanting others to learn and grow, rather than a place of fear, then this becomes easier. So those are our seven muscles. Which of these stand out for you? Where are you at the, you know, at the moment in your leadership journey? Are some of these more developed than others? Just take a moment or two to think about them. The courage to be yourself, the courage to trust, the courage to question, the courage to take action, the courage to fail, the courage to learn and grow, and the courage to grow others. Seven muscles to strengthen. Where are you? Now, even more practical, even more practical. We might say to ourselves, I'm going to take action when I'm feeling braver or when I'm in this position, I'll have more courage. The kicker is this. It's like a catch-22. The fear is never going to go away as long as we continue to grow. There's a phrase, another level, another devil. (laughs) And guess what? In leadership and in life, we are learning and growing all the time. So we need to find ways to understand the fear, clear the fear, and take action and build our courage muscles. And I'm going to share with you now four strategies to do just that. So the first is thinking about identifying the fear itself. So you grab a pen and a piece of paper and you write down whatever it is that you want to do. For example, I want to present my idea for sustainability to the board of directors or I want to speak with my boss about a raise. And then what you do is you write the following. I can't do that because, or I haven't done that yet because. And write down a minimum of five different answers, not just one answer, but five or more, because this will help you dig into the real cause of your fear. Now, you've got this greater insight than now, having gone through this, then you can work step by step on all of those reasons that you've listed as you're identifying that fear. Now, another strategy is to check in with yourself about what might happen if you do or you don't do the thing you want to do. Now, I use four questions to help me reflect on this, and they help me think about what I might regret and how I might handle the situation. So the questions are, one, what might my life look like if I don't do this thing? So this question helps to explore not only what I might regret, but also how things might get even worse. Number two, what might my life look like if I do the thing and it goes poorly? Would I be able to recover? This usually helps me to realize that although I might not like it, I can survive it. I can handle it. Now, the third is what could my life look like if I do the thing and it goes okay? And the fourth, what could my life look like if I do the thing and it goes really well? And I let my brain run away with this one, all the wonderful things. So if I think about the last big, really courageous thing I did, apart from starting my podcast, but it was to resign from my leadership role, a role I loved, that was secure, that was well paid, and return to the UK after 20 years of living overseas to start my own business. So my questions there, my answers were, if I didn't do it, I might just continue to coast. My son would be miles away at university. And I would be ignoring that little spark of excitement about doing something different, something else with my life. If I did it and it didn't work out, well, I'd be back in the UK. I'd be hating it. I'd be risking the future with no clients. But I could recover because I could learn about business. And if all else failed, I could get a job. And we can always move abroad again. If I moved okay and it went okay, 
then I could create a good life. I could maybe have Fridays off. I could see my son a couple of times a term. And I could work with some lovely clients. And then the fourth one, if it went really well, then wow, I could build a business that I absolutely loved. I could work three days a week. I could make more money than I ever did in my leadership role. I could find the perfect house to live in by the sea. I could take lots of trips to Scotland to see my son at uni. And before I knew it, I'd resigned and I was creating my dream life because I was inspired and motivated and I knew I could handle it. And that's an important part of courage. I love this quote from Susan Jeffers, who's the author of Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway. She says, all you have to do to diminish fear is to develop more trust in your ability to handle whatever comes your way. And these questions can help you to work through this. And of course, if you are alive and you're listening to this podcast, then you've got 100% success rate of handling everything you've ever done. So you can handle it. So feel the fear, identify the fear, clear it, and then do the thing. Now, our third strategy, we often think that courage is about the big things and that we're either all in as Captain Courageous or we can't move forward. And this is a limiting belief that can keep us stuck. And it's just not true. So there are some great coaching questions I ask myself when this belief pops up in my head. What can I do to be 1% braver? I love this question. I don't need to be all in at 100%. What might 1% look like and feel like? That's so much more doable, right? I shared in the last episode about being a confident communicator, speaking on stage to hundreds of people, but my confidence disappears when I post or speak on social media for my business. I see all these incredible videos and reels and whatnot, and I just think, I can't do that. I'll never have the courage to do that. And I was stuck with this thought the other week when I wanted to share about positively leading and the great feedback that it was getting. I was like, I don't have the courage or the confidence to go live on Instagram. So I asked myself, what would be 1% braver? What would that look like? What would that feel like? Well, I could just write a post about it charting in four different countries. Okay, yeah, I could do that. And what would 1% braver again look like? Well, Maybe I could create a carousel with some cool graphics. And what would 1% braver again look like? And this, I went on and on until I created a reel. Not, you know, a big or singing or dancing reel, but a little video, a, a reel of me in it. It was a baby or beginner reel. And I did it and I posted it and I didn't die. <laughs> 1% braver. It's a really great strategy. And then our fourth and final strategy is just to strengthen those courage muscles day by day. And when we're doing this just behind the scenes, rather than in the face of the challenge, we're just tweaking and strengthening the muscles. It follows the advice of Eleanor Roosevelt, and she says, do something that scares you every day. So it's like what I like to call the micro moments of courage. Now, it could be asking for something that you don't think you get. It could be speaking with a stranger. It could be signing up to a new activity, exercise, art, writing, whatever you fancy. But it needs to be something you haven't tried before. The goal is to step outside your comfort zone and into your growth zone. Every time you're doing that, you're strengthening your courage muscles with these small but mighty micro moments. And they soon start to build up. And just like going to the gym and lifting weights, you know, you don't see those results straight away. But over time, those muscles will start to grow stronger and stronger. Okay, we're reaching the end of another episode. So let's recap. I've shared a perspective on courage that will knock your socks off. So question, did it resonate for you like it did for me? If you're willing to feel everything, you can do anything. It's your heart in it. Then we looked at seven muscles to strengthen for courageous leadership and four strategies to help us actually take the actions that secretly scare us. 
So if you'd like to explore Courageous Leadership with me, I've got availability to work one-to-one with a small number of clients from September. And this is in my Connection Revolution program. So do get in touch and we can schedule a call. Again, head to the show notes and find out more. I am cheering you on from here, taking courageous action. Until the next episode. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Positively Leading. I hope you found it helpful in your journey to becoming a better leader. And if you enjoyed the show, please consider leaving a review on your favorite podcast platform. Your feedback not only helps me grow, but also helps others discover the podcast and join our community of positive leaders. And if you'd like to work with me, you can head over to sarahowling.com to find out how. Thanks once again for listening. And remember, the world needs more brilliant leaders just like you. So keep on positively leading.